0: Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Fran Banting about connecting mindfulness and goal setting to meaning and purpose. Anne Banting, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm thrilled to have the opportunity to talk with you today. Uh, we're going to have a really fun discussion uh, connected with an area of your uh, expertise, and I'll share your bio here in just a moment. But we're going to be discussing connecting mindfulness and goal setting to meaning and purpose within our personal lives, within our work lives, as leaders. And as we try to help and model um, healthy behaviors and healthy living for the people we lead and serve. As we get started, I wanted to share Fran's bio with everybody. Fran Banting is a personal growth consultant and results expert and founder of Dream Path Consulting. She teaches individual small business owners and entrepreneurs how to grow themselves, their businesses, and their profits by changing just one thing, the way they think. Fran has been working in the corporate world and studying human behavior personalities and the mind for over 25 years. She has a master's degree in metaphysics and a doctorate in philosophy, specializing in holistic life coaching. She is also a certified thinking into results facilitator with Bob Proctor, who you may know from the movie, The Secret. In 2015, she wrote a best-selling book, Your Life as a Movie, Scripting and Producing Your Dreams into Reality, which sat on the bestseller list next to Oprah Winfrey, Deepak Chopra, and Eckhart Tolle. Fran Banting offers various one-on-one coaching programs, as well as her online self-study program, Scripting Your Results. A tremendous background and career. You've had such success and really a tremendous reach and impact in the world around you. So I applaud you for all of that. Thank you for taking the time to join us today. And uh, anything else you would like to share with listeners by way of background or personal context before we dive on in?
1: No, I think that covers quite a bit of it. Uh, unfortunately, a 20, over 25 years now studying so uh, and working in it. So it's, it is quite, uh, quite the experience, I must say.
0: Yeah, well, that, that's fantastic. And, and you do have an interesting academic background in addition to your professional background. Uh, maybe you can start there because uh, I, I just, I love your focus, uh, master's degree in metaphysics, doctorate degree in philosophy, specializing in holistic life coaching. Tell us a little bit about how you got into that and then we can pivot into talking about the transition from your academic training into your professional and practitioner orientation.
1: Well, I'd have to go back to where I, what I really wanted to do with my career when I was younger. I wanted to be in advertising. And so I signed up for marketing and I went for four years and studied how to sell products. And it was during that time that I was introduced to the idea that companies can cause you to buy things uh, based solely on how they market to you. And I found this very interesting and it actually made me angry because it made me realize how many things I was doing in my life based on ads and what they were selling to me. And so I started studying the mind and how we can actually be controlled. And I thought, well, maybe it'd be interesting if I gave myself an ad of what I wanted to achieve. So I started playing around with personal development and that was when I first got started. That was about 30 years ago. And I remember I bought a lot of self-improvement books. Think and Grow Rich was my main one. And I started applying uh, what the books were saying. I still didn't quite know why and how it was working, but I knew that it worked. So over the years, being the analytical analyzer that I am, I had to find out more and I need answers, which is why I ended up going into metaphysics because I needed to understand the mind. It's not t- something tangible like the brain or, you know, the body and how it functions. The mind is is intangible. So I, I needed to know more about that. And that's why I got into the metaphysics. And then I just kept going and ended up getting a PhD and it connected everything that I had been studying for so many years, it finally just put the whole thing together. And because I'd been working in the corporate world all that time and I'd been applying it to my own career, everything that I was doing for other businesses and in the corporate world was taking me, moving me up the ladder as well. I was getting everything that I wanted because I was applying the philosophies into my own life as I was learning it. So I finally got to the point where I thought, you know, um, what am I going to do now that I have all of this knowledge? And that's when I started Dream Path Consulting. I wanted to take everything I knew, took everything from that corporate background and how I applied it to my business life. And uh, now I teach that and coach individuals that either want to start their own business or are running their own business or are managing a business and how to use what they believe and their own mind and body to take them and their businesses to another level.
0: I love it. Um, I, I think that's wonderful. And, and it is a bit of a unique background. And I'm sure that that allows you to bring that uh, unique, diverse perspective to the table as, as we're dealing with these types of issues. Because I mean, frankly, it's, it's messy. Human beings are messy. The way our minds work are messy. Uh, <laughs> the way we process information. The way, you know, Everything is messy about humans. And you start to put them together in groups. In teams and in organizations, and it gets even more messy. And so it, it really is, I think it's important on a personal level, if we want to have, you know, a healthy per- personal self-concept, uh, we want to be able to practice goal- mindfulness and goal setting that we need uh, to, to take you know, healthy, holistic approaches. But if we want to also do it within the workplace, you know, we we have to have that healthy framing and that healthy focus as well. So that's, that's wonderful. So let's, uh, before we dive on into the connection between mindfulness and goal setting to meaning and purpose, let's Mm -hmm. talk, talk about mindfulness and goal setting. Um, Now, I believe that the two can and should go hand in hand. uh, But I, I know that some people see those as a little bit uh, contrary to each other, or perhaps at times even flip sides of the coin, um, what's your perspective on how, uh, m- mindfulness and goal setting interact with each other and how we, we can, uh, perceive them and, and move forward in a healthy way with those.
1: Well, for me, what I find is that so many people are setting goals, but they're not connecting with themselves to what's important to them. So I call that your vision And you've heard that before where people and companies have visions, but they tend to tie it around money and the bottom line of the business. And so the vision is always, you know, I want to, you know, be, you know, the number one or or whatever it is. It's always about more money, more profits and, and moving up in the status. But to set a goal without a vision, you're just gonna be going around in circles. And I like to use the analogy of you're going on a trip and you're on your front doorstep and you've got your car key ready, but you don't know what map to buy. You know you know you wanna go on a trip and along the way you set a goal of, I'm gonna stop in this city, but what's the vision? What's the destination? Where, Where are you trying to get to? And so a lot of people are setting goals without understanding their destination. Now, the other flip side to that coin is is probably where you see the disconnect with people is that they're tying the wrong vision. So not only are they setting the wrong goals, they're not clear on what their vision is. And each vision is, is so unique to the individual. So what moves me and motivates me is going to be totally different. Than what moves you and motivates you, and when you're clear on what your vision is, it can be totally different than the same person sitting in the room beside you, even though you're working in the same company. Your personal vision is going to be totally different than theirs, and so people tend to tie it to money. Well, my vision is to be rich, I want to have a million dollars, and that's not the vision, that's a goal. But your vision would be, what is it that that million dollars is going to get you? What is it that the million dollars is going to solve for you or take you to? And when you get clear on that, now you're getting closer to that vision that's going to spark you. And now you can sit back and say, now I can set my goals because I'm clear on my vision. Does that make sense?
0: It does. And I, and I like that distinction and let me paint a picture of an unhealthy a balance and connection between uh, mindfulness and goal-setting. So this, I, as I think back to my yo- younger adult life, uh, I, I was uh, working in a particular organization. Um, they were very goal oriented, very results oriented, lots of metrics. right? And so we, we had to always set goals. Um, and I found that what I was doing each week you know i'd have my goal setting session for the week i'd reflect on the past week i'd see how i did i would set the goals for the upcoming week i'd plan out in great and granular detail how i would go about structured you know throughout my week each and every day like even down to 15 minute increments throughout the day each and every day and i had very precise goals and metrics that i was going to try to achieve um on the one hand i think that kind of detail orientation and goal setting it was good for me to learn to do that as a young person um helped me to focus and such on the other hand uh what what i noticed after i'd been in this organization for about a year is that i was focusing not on the big picture vision of what they wanted me to do i was focusing on my goals i was i was focusing on my schedule i was focusing on each of those 15 minute increments so i was missing the forest from the trees right Mm -hmm. and and i was just continuing every day moving forward and i and i hit my marks and I, I, I met the metrics, but I wasn't actually accomplishing what they wanted me to do in the big picture sense, because I was completely disconnected, uh, from the big picture reality of what was really important. And so in my mind, you know, after about a year, I, I kind of had a catalyst to, 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 to force me to wake up to that. And I started to realize how silly this was, um, how I was, I was churning, you know, I was spinning my wheels and churning and churning and churning and nothing was really nothing. It wasn't having the impact. The overall impact that i wanted it to have and that's where i started to practice more mindfulness and i still had goals um but those i wasn't beholden to the goals those those were kind of uh th- those were markers along my path yes but but uh the what was really important was the vision the overarching mission the big picture and ultimately the end impact of what i was trying to achieve
1: Yes. And you just described, uh, I was in the real estate industry for many years. I'm going to say most of my corporate career was in the real estate uh, industry. And I've sat in numerous goal setting sessions with realtors. And I can tell you that most of the meetings were all about more money, more sales, more clients, and then make more calls, more this. So here's your work and what you do every day. Now go do more of it. Um, you know tighten it up a bit in certain spots and you'll make more money and then you'll you know everybody succeeds but that doesn't give you fulfillment you have people coming to work that are miserable so what they do every year is they send the salespeople off away to to a retreat and they get them all pumped up and motivated then they come back and you know they're pumped up for a couple days and then they go right back to where they were before and the problem is that the, you know, when you're telling people to just do more of what they're doing, if they're already not happy and not motivated, it's not gonna do anything. If anything, they're gonna resent it and eventually they're going to leave. So if you wanna keep people and and you want people to be productive, you have to find the motivating factor that each individual has. And when you tap into that and you help them get more of what motivates them personally, you'll see them grow. And then you'll see the business grow. Um, I'll use myself as an example. I remember uh, my kids meant the world to me. Like when they were growing up, all, everything I did, even all the work I did, everything. If you put, mentioned anything about my children, I worked harder and faster because it was my, my purpose. It was what drove me. If it involved my children, I, you know, I had suddenly had more energy and desire. And I remember I was in a meeting one day and our boss said to us, um, if we hit these goals, where would you like me to send you? I'll send you guys anywhere you want to go. And I said, Disneyland, because I'm thinking of my children. And I was still under the impression that he was talking to me individually, that he would send me to Disneyland. And I got all pumped up. I was like, oh my goodness, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be able to take my family to Disneyland. I was, I had this this desire to suddenly go work and, and get so much done. And then at the end of the meeting, he said, okay, so if we hit this target, we're all gonna go to Disneyland together. And we all just kind of looked at each other and I thought, well, I don't wanna go to Disneyland with you. And he doesn't wanna go to Disneyland with me. And so what happened after we left that meeting? Nothing, nothing changed. If anything, he deflated all of us. You know, Now, if he had offered me the trip to Disneyland with my family, who knows what I could have achieved. You know, I was so motivated uh, because that was my, you know, my motivation. So I've watched a lot of realtors. I've watched people setting goals and not achieving them. And year after year, setting the same goals. And it's hard to watch. So you have to be mindful of, first of all, understanding what you were saying about the chaos that goes on in people's minds. And once you understand that there's an order, that happens in your mind. And when you understand that order and and you're controlling your mind in the right order, suddenly your body starts doing things and breaking barriers and walking through things because it's now free to go that way. And so understanding the mind, how it works and what order to control it in is the key to setting those visions and then plotting the course with your goals. It all yeah. goes together.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, I love that. And I thank you for sharing that story. I just shake my head. I'm like, how, how stupid, <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> um, you know? And, and I, I have examples like that too. I'm sure everyone listening does. And yeah. it, it really is uh, baffling uh, mm-hmm. how obtuse people can be sometimes with probably good intentions, but, but they just Absolutely. completely disconnected from like what actually matters. And to your point, what matters to me is probably going to be a little bit different than what matters to you. Yes. Um, so a, a one size fits all, you know, approach to, to recognition and rewards and whatnot, it just doesn't tend to work. And people, work. people are different places in their life stages and their families and their personal and professional goals. So, you know, you have to be able to tailor those to each individual person. Coming back to the, to my story a a few minutes ago, uh, one of the problems with this organization that I was working at, you know, lots of metrics, lots of goals, Mm -hmm. but most of those goals were imposed on me. Um, So they, they, they weren't, they weren't really what I wanted to do or how I wanted to focus my time or my energy. And in fact, the more experience I got, the more futile I, I I recognized it being like they were having us do things that weren't actually um, going to get us to where they wanted us to be. So even for their own vision and mission. So it seemed rather silly. Um, And it certainly didn't connect with my personal meaning and purpose. And so I think that kind of a recognition, leaders need to be able to, to understand that. There's no substitute for just having conversations with your people, with developing relationships of trust with them and then listening to them, what matters to them. Help them to define their meaning and purpose, help them to, you know, set some goals that matter to them. That doesn't mean they can't also have goals that are focused on the or the organization's desired outcomes, but you it's not an either-or proposition. It can be a melding of both. And if I have an opportunity to bring myself to the table and how I structure my day and how I set my goals, and then I, I'm allowed to practice you know, mindfulness and and enjoy the experience, the journey, as I go about trying to achieve those goals, rather than just constantly having, you know, these metrics drilled into my head, I'm going to have way better outcomes. It's, it's just a fact.
1: That is so true. And and you just said it there too, is um, what metric might work for one person will not work for the other one. And understanding employees' personalities and where their strengths are And, you know, what part of their personality can they take control of that is stronger than, say, another person's personality? You know, you may, that's why when people say they follow a mentor or they follow a system that worked for one person, I always say, well, you don't understand their personality. You don't understand their strength. You can take their model, but it may not work for you because they were extroverted and you're introverted. You're not going to be able to go do you know, the 500 calls that they made because they're comfortable with people. You're uncomfortable with people. You need to manage your personality so that you can figure out how to be in front of people and you're comfortable. So how would you do that? You know, you you have to look at personality as well. And so when you get people walking in a room and you have 30 different people with 30 different personalities and 30 different chaotic minds, your job as a leader is to first put order in your mind. You know, when you can't be expecting other people to do what you're saying when you're not even clear what's in your mind. You get yourself in order. You get your visions, your goals in order. Now you go out and present it to your staff because now you can start trying to understand their minds, their personalities, and now you can give order to your staff. But people are walking into meetings thinking that, here's a business co- business coaching manual I just bought. And it says that we do th- these steps and we're going to, you know, make all of these sales. And that's not how it works. You have to understand personalities as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So so that's certainly important for us to recognize as individuals. Uh, mm-hmm. for, so for me myself, I need to understand that just because someone else says something's important, that doesn't, you know, I have to actually take the time to reflect on that and think about it. And is that as important to me? Do, do I want that fancy car because it's really motivating to me and it's going to bring me meaning and purpose and fulfillment, or am I doing it because out of a sense of just keeping up with the Joneses and I, and I want to look good to people around me. That's, those are two very different things. And I think so many people spend so much of their life just trying to fulfill other people's expectations for them uh, instead of really connecting to their own individual meaning and purpose They don't even know what their individual meaning and purpose is because they haven't ever taken the time to, Mm -hmm. to self-reflect on that. Um, Of course, we need to do that for ourselves first. Once we do it for ourselves, we're more capable of modeling that for our people and helping them to do the same in the way we conduct our performance discussions, our mentoring and coaching with the people that report to us, just the, the culture that we engender within our team.
1: That's so true. And you know, what's funny is most people know. their passion is most people know exactly what motivates them but they just won't admit it they they just won't they they put it in the back burner thinking it's not attainable most people know they just won't say it
0: yeah yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. well Fran it has been a real pleasure talking with you today uh, I see we're running a little bit, little bit short on time. I want to be respectful of your time. Before we close, though, I wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about your work, your book, any uh, anything else that you would like to share by way of final word on the topic for today.
1: Well, you can go to my website, franbanting.com, and it shows you everything there. That's where all uh, my book is, my course is there, and any other links that I have some downloadable resources for you if you're interested. And you can also contact me at info at dreampath.ca. And um, you can send me an email and I'll answer any questions you have.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much. I really encourage listeners to reach out, get connected with Fran, find out more about what she can do for you. Check out her business, check out her book. Uh, I I think there's a lot there that we only just scratched the surface on that I think you can explore further to enrich your own life, uh, really help your organization to thrive. designed to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We will be publishing issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Check out the first issue and let us know what you think.